This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, our guest is Farallon Ferguson, one of the stars of the amazing equine theater production, Cavalia. Farallon is an incredible Roman rider and trick rider and is going to talk to us about her work in Cavalia. We'll be right back with Farallon after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon Horsing Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we are talking to Cavalia trick rider, Farallon Ferguson. Farallon, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So happy to have you. Cavalia. I'm so happy to be on the show. <laughs> great. Well, Cavalia is such a great show. I just saw a performance the other night, and I was blown away as I have been in the past when I've seen it. For people who haven't been lucky enough to have seen Cavalia, can you describe the show for them? Sure, I can. Cavalia is an equestrian show that is the the evolution of man and horse and the relationship. And it's from the beginning of time, the when man and horse first meet, all the way up into modern day equestrian arts. And it also showcases live music, live singing, aerialist, um, acrobatics, dance, and an exceptional scene set, lighting. It's really an extraordinary show, and it's not just for horse people and horse lovers. As I said, all the, the other aspects that I mentioned, there's really something for this show for everyone. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I've gone to a few performances, and I've brought horse people who are just completely blown away, and then I've brought non-horse people who are also blown away. So you don't have to just be a crazy horse person to enjoy it. The work you do in the show is really amazing. We first see you doing um, Roman riding with four horses. Can you describe (laughs) to folks what Roman riding is? Sure, I can. Roman riding is standing on the back of two horses with one foot on each horse. Uh, the name comes from 
the in the Roman days, the Roman generals would actually stand on top of the two horses to be able to look further out across the battlefield. And then it's also known um, commonly in Europe as post, because the Hungarian post riders would, it was more efficient to carry mail on two horses and stay on top of them and deliver the mail, um, as opposed to just one horse being able to carry one load of mail. So um, those are synonymous terms, Roman riding and then post riding. But it's just standing on the, the top of two horses and then in the show, there's four of us that do it and I'm the only girl. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's, a, it's a high energy act. It's a lot of fun. And it's one of the, the first acts that brings the equestrian skills more into a modern aspect. You know, up until that point in the show, a lot of it had been groundwork to horses, a lot of liberty things of that manner and so the Roman riding act is actually one of the first acts in the show where you see people actually riding horses. So basically to help people visualize this who may have never seen it before usually it's two horses and they are attached somewhere around the girth to each other. Actually mine are not attached at all. They have, oh they're, uh, they're not? No nope, uh, just for me and safety purposes if something wants to happen and one of the horses uh, wants to fall or, or something like that they're free to go away from each other. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's even yeah. more amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and as the Roman rider, you're holding the reins. Yep. You know, one rein, you know, one set of reins in each hand. And mm-hmm. most of the time, we see this with just two horses, but you do it in the show with four. Yes, and then we actually later add two more, so I finish up with six. Okay, I probably <laughs> was like too blown away to even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I was blown away by four. So, and then, well, what you do, uh, you know, the horses are at a gallop, and there's jumping. I mean, that's just it's just amazing. How did you learn to do this? I I actually worked at a previous horse riding dinner show, and I actually kind of got a late start on it as well because I grew up riding um, English hunter jumper, and then got into Western pleasure. And it wasn't until actually my towards the end of high school, my college years that I realized that trick riding and Roman riding existed. And from that point on, I just instantly fell in love with it. It was in the other show I was in, and and I just started learning. And you start by just standing up. There's no easy way to, to ease into it. So um, I was pretty athletic, but just getting up there and, and learning the balance and already knowing horses really helps me. And a lot of falling off and a lot of trial and error and... Now, here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you didn't have a vaulting background at all? Nope, not at all. Um, I had a, a little bit of dance, and I really just had a lot more um, sports, athletic background, and then I grew up riding. So I think mm-hmm. it was a combination of the athleticism as well as the horse knowledge because I wasn't scared of the horses. I understood what to do, how to steer, things like that. And right. so I just kind of tied it all together. So... What's it like being the only female Roman rider? Because there's, I believe it was two, there's two other Roman riders and they're men? Yes, there's, there's actually three other Roman riders and they're all men. And okay. then there's me. It's, it's a lot of fun because it's funny. The audience naturally pulls for the oddball out. And that's uh-huh. me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's a lot of fun. You know, I'm the only girl out there. So you're instantly drawn to me because I'm the only girl. And, right. you know, the, the way the, the show is set up, and it's funny, I'm, I'm kind of the underdog at first, and mm-hmm. then once I take the, I actually take the team of one of the other, one of the other guys in the show. So, 
Right. You know, and then the audience is like, yay, the girl took the boys' team, and now she has <laughs> right, four. Right. And, right. You know, so it, it, it's a lot of fun. And it's just a lot of fun to give the women of the audience, you know, something to, you know, the girl finishes on top kind of power. And, and yeah. it is predominantly a male thing in the world. Uh-huh. You know, some of the really great Roman writers, they're men. And, right. you know, so to be able to have a female kind of show the boys up and, it's fun, and it's all in good times, and it's really all about the horses and reaching people in the audience. So. Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's definitely a, a huge It's a fun time. Power. It's definitely a huge yeah. girl power moment there. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm wondering when I'm watching this, because I didn't realize your horses weren't attached together, because some of them are, isn't that right? Some of the ones in the um, show. The, there's only one team, the, the part where the boy jumps over the bar and lands uh-huh. back onto his horses. They are attached just for his safety. I see. But okay. other than that, no no teams are attached. Okay, so how, I mean, it's just incredible to me that the horses stay together. How do you train them to never pull apart past a certain point? <laughs> well, they also don't never pull apart. Sometimes they do. Um, mm. And then it's just, you know, they, they split your legs and you'll fall down between them. But it's time and it's picking two horses that, you know, enjoy being together, enjoy working side by side. You know, horses are herd animals, and a lot of times you see out in the pasture, two horses are going to stand side by side anyway, you know, on their own account. And so it's just kind of finding the right horses, the right size, the right temperament, and just spending a lot of time, you know, and teaching them that, you know, this is their job and this is what we want, and, you know, and then going from there and putting it into a show. So a lot of repetition. Okay. So, for those of us who strive just to stay on our horses while sitting astride, um, <laughs> you are there once. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, what does it take to stay up there when you're standing? <laughs> well, it takes a lot of balance and um, a lot of really knowing your horses, and that's what's super important here at Cavalli is just developing that bond with them. So there's never ever any miscommunication because miscommunication when you're sitting on a horse is one thing. You know, and you, you have your legs and your seat and, you know, a lot of room for correction. Miscommunication when you're standing up on two of them, steering four or more horses in front of you, there's not a lot of room for error. So it's just really, uh, you know, developing that bond and, and making sure there's as minimal gray area as possible when it comes to what I'm asking of them. So what kind of horse makes the best horse for Roman riding? Are there certain characteristics you look for? Not particularly. I mean, the the horses need to be similar to each other, and I think that's bigger than, you know, just going out individually finding a horse. They need to be the same height, somewhat of the same temperament. You can't have a really hot horse and then a really deadhead horse because they're going to be total polar opposites. Horses that need to get along well, and, um, you know, it's always nice to have a little bit smoother of a horse to be riding on, or at least their gates are similar enough to each other so you don't have one leg that's bound, 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 bouncing up and all over the place, and then the other horse is really smooth. Quarter um, horses are typically well-known for being, you know, good roamed horses because they're good with the quick burst of speed, things like that. Mm-hmm. I personally own two paint, which is a roaming team of my own, and uh, the horses I ride in the show, one's a quarter horse and one is actually a Criollo, which is an mm-hmm. Argentinian horse, similar to the quarter horse, you know, in, in size and shape and mannerisms, but it's just mm-hmm. actually an Argentinian breed. Right. So what kind of training goes into teaching a horse to do this? Well, as I said, it's just um, 
searing. They have to be able to be extremely light and accusing if you don't have your legs because you're standing up on them. So my horse is actually neck reins. And so once I'm standing up on them, if I move my hands over to the right, they go right. If I move my hands over to the left, they go left. And they're really um, good with voice commands because that's pretty much all you have. You have a little bit of steering up top, but then most of it is voice commands. So just a lot of repetition, a lot of them knowing, you know, what I'm asking of them when I stand up and get into that situation. How do horses typically react when you first get up on, you first stand up on them as opposed to sitting on them? I've had different experiences. <laughs> um, I've had them be very, you know, they, they eyeball you, but if you've kind of developed that relationship with them all along and then you stand up and there's that trust and they understand, you know, because all of a sudden you're going from being about at their level to way up above them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had horses be totally fine and right away be able to walk side by side and stand together and, then I've had, you know, other horses where you stand up and they, you know, move and freak out and you fall off. And so, I mean, it's different. You usually don't just take two horses and put them side by side and jump right up. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time sitting on one while steering the other side by side, you know, going around in circles, figure eight patterns, just so they kind of get the idea to stay together before you ever stand up. Because right. they need to know we stay together. And so once you stand up, the transition's not really that big a deal as opposed to just, oh, we're supposed to stay together. Oh, now you're standing up. It's, it's too much all at once. Right, right. Do you start out having them attached and then wean off of that or they're never attached? When uh, you're I, I personally don't. I don't think that, you know, forcing them to be together is really a method of figuring out if they're going to work because, I mean, if you work with horses, you know, they can, any, any kind of tie that you put in between them, they can break. So, yeah. Instead of having that added stress of pulling and then snapping and something flying and hitting them and, and mm-hmm. all that, I just I would rather spend the extra time making sure they feel comfortable and they want to be beside each other as opposed to tying them together. So mm-hmm. some people prefer that method. I, I just personally don't. Okay. As far as the stride, like you're cantering or galloping in the show, the horses need to be in complete stride with each other or does that matter? No, because they never are. In an yeah. ideal Roman riding world, yes, that would be fantastic. But you just learn to deal with your legs individually. And mm-hmm. that's something when you first learn. I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this leg's going this fast, and this one's going at this. You know, it was a really awkward feeling, and right. now I don't even think about it. Because it looks yeah, like I, you basically <laughs> you stabilize yourself with your torso, so your legs, it doesn't really matter what your legs are doing. Yeah, and you just you have to allow your legs to be relaxed to a point where they work individually with each other. Right, right. Very, very strange feeling. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and so, even after uh, these years of doing it, it's something I, I have not forgotten at all when I first uh-huh. started up. Clearly right. remember that being a very awkward feeling. Yeah, it looks tough when you're watching it. <laughs> it, it really does. I guess for people that have never Roman rode Skiing on mogul is probably the the closest thing I can think of in comparison. Okay, well, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break, and when we come oh. back, we're going to talk to you about the trick riding you do in the show, which is also amazing. Okay. So stay tuned for these messages. We'll be right back. Why the long face? <laughs> I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. Yeah, yeah. 
It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet we know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia. And today we are talking to Cavalia trick rider, Fairlane Ferguson. Fairlane, tell people what you do in the show as far as the trick riding sequences. Okay, trick riding is uh, one of the very last acts in the show, and it is where we are going uh, across the front of the stage at extremely fast speeds, up to 20, 30 miles an hour, and uh, it's exactly what it is. We're doing tricks off the side of the horse, on top of the horse, off the back of the horse, flipping off the horse, any, pretty much anything that you can think of acrobatic-wise on a horse. We're doing um, just at very fast speeds across the stage. How did you learn to become a trick rider? <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I said earlier, it's, it's pretty much the same as learning to Roman ride. It was just uh, I, I found out that trick riding existed and um, found some people. You have to have a, a special saddle to do it. And mm-hmm. just started learning basic tricks from there. And I had grown up with horses. And so the horse part, knowing how to ride, was already out of the way. So... Then it was just learning how to do uh, really high adrenaline things on the horses now. <laughs> right. Now, can you describe what some of the tricks are? I would attempt to do it, but I, I think I'd, I don't think I'd do as good a job as you would. So no, I'm sure there's course. names um, for them and stuff. I'll start off with uh, some of the basic tricks that I do in the show and then just increase in difficulty level. There's an Apache. It's also known as a parallel. And it's pretty much just swinging it down on the side of the horse while you still hold on to the horn of the saddle, and you just pretty much are riding parallel on the side of the horse. Your foot's mm-hmm. towards the back of the horse, and your head is ter- towards the horse's head. So it's pretty much rolling out of the saddle, holding on to mm-hmm. the saddle horn, go across the stage, and then you get back up. And that's pretty much the first basic trick that everybody learns in trick riding. And then um, I do a one-leg stand, which is where one foot is on top of the saddle, and the other one is up in the air like an arabesque and like a ballerina stand. Right. And that's just, it's uh, the one foot stand. It's also the one leg stand. There's the hippodrome, which is where your both feet are on top of the saddle and you're just standing up on balancing on the one horse. And then there's also the suicide, which is where you hook your foot in a strap and you hang upside down under the horse as he's running. And then there's, one of the my most recent tricks I've learned, and one of my favorites, is the tail drag. And so it's actually your butt is about as far back on the horse as right at the dock of his tail. And then your hands are dragging the ground and your head and everything out behind the back of the horse. Yeah. 
Yes, it is as scary as it sounds, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> watching you guys at first. <laughs> <laughs> watching you guys as you go tearing by at unbelievable speeds um, in these positions is just amazing. It's just mind blowing to watch this. And I, you know, the opening night at Burbank, um, one of the other women trick riders had a a bit of a fall off of uh, one of the horses toward the end and the audience gasped and she jumped up and said I'm fine you know Um, but it just uh, it just like reinforced how potentially dangerous it is (laughs) yeah I think when something goes wrong in the show it does really show people that you know this it looks easy a lot of people are oh it looks so easy it looks so easy oh that doesn't look easy that's the the purpose and the goal but (laughs) you know when something does go wrong it's kind of a reminder say you know hey wow you know this this, uh, this is hard, and yeah, but she she actually uh, was fine. The horse was fine. It's just one of those instances where he he didn't run an exact straight line. He zigzagged a little bit, and yeah. um, you know it's really hard to keep your balance running across the stage on one horse standing up, and and so she just fell to the side. But horse and rider were fine, and you know sometimes those things happen, and that's yeah part of well, the <laughs> part of the well, deal that's... and working with live animals and. Well, and that's what makes the show exciting because you you're, you know you're watching it live, and there's these amazing you know stunts are being performed, and anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know who tells you it looks easy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because <laughs> <laughs> because you know having fallen off my own horse uh, and horses over the years, I, I know just when you feel you know yourself coming off the saddle, you're just scrambling to hang on just so you don't hit the dirt. <laughs> yeah. and then, Watching you guys do this at like, you know, 30 miles an hour hanging off the side of the saddle and to be completely secure is just amazing to me. <laughs> I actually get told that probably every day. Really? That it looks easy? Like, oh, you look like you're having so much fun. It looks so easy when, you, when you're doing it. You make it look uh, so easy and... Which well, is, is really funny to me because it's not at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People say that. They must not ride because anybody who's <laughs> fallen off a horse and tried desperately to stay on knows that it's not easy to cling onto the side of a saddle at a full gallop. No. Um, <laughs> so um, the trick horses, what's involved with their training? Well, here we actually do it in a straight line. A lot of times in uh, outside of, you know, Cavalia, you can see it in you know, like a rodeo setting, and it's, mm-hmm. kind of, it's the U shape. It's like a horseshoe shape. Um, I've actually done both, and the training is very similar in both situations. It's just training the horse first off for the pattern so they know because you're, you're not in control. You're not holding the reins. You're not steering. So they need to know that from point A to point B that that's their job. That's where they run to and where they go, and they need to do it very consistently. Um, so once again, I mean, paint, quarter horses, the horses that are – big enough and strong enough and broad enough to be able to hold that kind of weight, you know, shifting around on them while they're running is important. So typically, again, you know, quarter horses are ideal because they're, they're good for those short, fast bursts of energy and mm-hmm. speed and, and things like that. Um, so most of the horses that we trick right on here in the show are quarter horses and then as well as paint, which is just, you know, a quarter horse with color pretty much. Right, so, right. you know, that's predominantly the ones we use here at this show. And it's just desensitizing them to, you know, your rider, in a sense, to them falling off and then getting back on. And they just need to know to, to maintain that speed and the, the consistent, the line, 
you know, with <laughs> while we're doing all of this weight shifting and moving and jumping around. Do they have to have a certain kind of temperament? Not really. They need to be fast because mm-hmm. a horse that is lazy and slow tends to, you know, it, it's just as long as they're consistent. So, um, and a lot of times, I mean, we have trick horses here that are extremely hot, and then we also have some that are very calm, and but they both run the same on stage, and that's what's important. So it's mm-hmm. really just a, a matter of consistency. So the way you guys do the trick riding, you come out from this, like, stage left or yep. stage right, I guess, or, or is it stage left? Um, it's well, actually it's both, both. Actually. We go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. That's, yeah, that's right, yeah. Direction. I think you start, you probably start from the left, but you come galloping through and then you disappear and then the next rider comes out. What's going on back there after you get past the <laughs> curb? <laughs> I, I think that's everybody's question. We're pretty much running into a room. It's very organized and um, we go at certain spots. We have monitors back there so we can see the other state, like we can see on the stage, as well as we have people that are calling uh, the different cues. You know, because we are running extremely fast, and you cannot have errors in that act. When it comes to timing, um, you know, if one horse goes, everybody has to know that that horse is going, everybody waits, then the next one goes. Um, so we do know the order that we're uh-huh. going in, and right. um, it, it, it's a tight squeeze in the room, but very prepared, a lot of rehearsing, and, and we know the act, and we know who goes when, and mm-hmm. you don't mess that up. <laughs> right. So you basically you gallop into this room, and then you come yeah. to a stop, and then you go around the back, and then come around the other side? No, we, it's designed so that once we go into the room, you stop, the next horse goes, and then you get out of the way, and then you wait for your next turn. So, okay, and then you go back um, the other direction. Yep, you just go back across the stage. There are okay. a few passes behind stage so that if a certain horse needs to do another pass but needs to be the same direction it just went, we can pass backstage. But for the most part, it's set up that we can just go back and forth and back and forth. Okay. So what's it like being part of Cavalia? <laughs> I love it. There's just so many different aspects to being a part of this show. Um, I thrive off performing I'm very blessed to to be able to do what I love with the animals I love. I remember when I saw the show, how inspired I was, and now to be that inspiration for other people is just, it, that's my favorite part of the job, um, day mm-hmm. in and day out, you know, just to be able to demonstrate and, and give people what I felt when I first saw the show is, is truly a blessing. Um, the traveling is great. I didn't get to travel a lot growing up, so... Being able to completely change cities every two, three months is really exciting for me. And um, being able to meet the people here because it's a big melting pot, Um, not only just horseback riders, but as I said, the dancers, the acrobats, the musicians, the singers, everybody from all over the world. We have people Mm -hmm. from Morocco, from Canada, from France, I mean, just from Russia, everywhere. And it's, it's really great to be able to come and we all share the same passion and this love for performing and just, you know, to be able to have this experience, but then share it with 2,000 people every night is really, really uh, just amazingly blessed to have this job. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an incredible show. Where are you guys going after you're done here in California? After we're finished here on Burbank, we're actually going to Vancouver. Oh, okay. 
So yeah. are you on, um, are, are you going to be touring for a while, for a period of time? Yeah, I mean, Cavalia has been a continuous show since 2003. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we travel continuously, which I, you know, and the tour is just ongoing. So there's okay. not a stop date yet, and I, I hope there's not. And they're actually working on um, a Cavalia 2, which will kick off in Quebec, uh, I believe in July or August of 2011. So okay. that's really exciting. So we'll actually have two troops traveling um, at the same time. It'll be Cavalia and then Cavalia 2. Oh, interesting. Will it be the same show? No, nope, it'll be totally different, all different oh. acts, aspects, forces, just an entire different show altogether. So if you've seen Cavalia 1, Cavalia 2 will be a totally different experience. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, really is exciting for us. Yeah. Wow. Well... That's all the time we have for today. I really enjoyed talking to you. This is really very much of a treat for me, having just seen the show. Thank you, you as well. I'm really glad you got to come see the show, too. Yeah, thank you. I hope everybody takes a look at the episode notes page on on the Horsing Around website. There'll be some more information on Farallon and Cavalia, and I'm going to try to put a link up there that has upcoming dates so you can see when Cavalli is going to be in your town. Thanks, Farallon, for being with me tonight. And Thank y'all. You're welcome. And if you have any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.